It's a jubilant morning in the equity market. We're ramping up big. One of the biggest gap opens in recent history, really only comparable to the Pfizer vaccine balance that we got back in 2020, according to our first guest at the top of the show. Joining me, Derek Iswell is the Chief Investment Officer at Shelton Capital Management. Uh, Derek, welcome back to the show. Thanks, great to be back. Okay, how much does today's uh, number change the outlook here? Well, look, this is a great print on the CPI, and um, you can couple that with the election results, which, you know, gridlock, means probably less spending. So these are good news. This is good news for um, inflation, but I wouldn't get too excited. Um, you know, inflation has most certainly peaked. The big question is how resilient is it? How long is it going to stick around? How long before we can get this down to um, lower levels? And I don't think that, I think people may be disappointed uh, when they see how resilient inflation is. The underlying forces are, are for the most part still there. Um, and the truth is, is Fed interest rate hikes, first of all, take a long time. And second of all, likely don't have as much effect on inflation as we'd like. Okay, so this is important, right? It just, uh, I was just looking at a, a funny uh, uh, meme on Twitter that says, well, it's not really funny. It's how inflation works, you know? And there's a line going up with the rate. Everything you buy is getting more expensive fast. And then everything you are buying stays expensive. It just doesn't get more expensive fast. So uh, <laughs> the pain for consumers is uh, not really changing here so much. I mean, this doesn't really, you know, like if a company, we were, we're looking through all these companies throughout the earnings season are telling us they're jacking up prices. We had the Portillo CFO on the other day. We're buying chopped mm -hmm. salads now for, you know, for more expensive uh, uh, prices, basic food. It's not like they're going to reverse that, right? Well, right. I mean, it, even if inflation suddenly stopped, prices just stay where they are, right? Um, but the, um, the challenge is, is you know, our governments, and not so much federal government now that with the election results, but even at the state level, they're still giving out money. They're still handing money to people, and people are spending it. And that's creating this surplus demand that's, that's generating our inflation. And the Fed, reserve, the Fed can raise rates till who knows where. That's, if the governments don't stop providing fiscal stimulus to individuals, then inflation, that, that excess demand is still going to be there. The uh, rate at which the Fed is hiking now expected to slow to around 50 bips. Uh, does any of this change the ultimate destination they're getting to, that terminal rate, that uh, end level? Um, well, it might take a little bit off of it, um, but the challenge is, is that when you are at rates that are this high, um, and you, we'll see where they end up getting to, uh, bonds and stocks start to behave differently than they have for the last 20 or 30 years. But since you know, the last 20 years or so, we've had 60, 40 portfolios, bonds and stocks diversify each other. When rates are this high and you can get 5% buying a two-year bond, um, what ends up happening is bo uh, bonds and stocks start to move together instead of opposite, so you don't get any diversification. And we've seen that this year, right? Both of them are down 20-something percent, and, and it's just been a disaster. That will likely continue because um, the, this certainly doesn't take enough out of this terminal rate uh, to really change that dynamic. Derek, uh, if uh, that dynamic doesn't change too much, uh, then uh, should, we, uh, should we still be wary of uh, companies that don't make money, high growth stocks, high valuations? Um, you know, or, do we, or do we move into a different kind of phase here where maybe valuations don't compress so much, but now it's a matter of earnings compression and, and who can survive in this high inflation environment? 
Well, I think you hit it on the nose. Like the the um, companies without earnings, really high octane growth stocks. These, to use a bond term, these are like high duration bonds. This is like buying a 30 or a 50 year bond. They're really, really sensitive to changes in interest rates um, because their cash flows are so far in the future. So you know, it is likely at these kind of interest rate levels that companies that realize more of their profits sooner, which are most likely value companies, should stand to be um, better performers in this market. The gap between the growth stocks and the value stocks, remember these growth stocks have been outperforming for years. It's closed some, but it still has some room to go. And uh, we're certainly not at any kind of equilibrium yet, particularly at these interest rate levels. For bonds, is there some hope here that maybe that traditional relationship will normalize somewhat? That maybe bonds will start to uh, hedge sell-offs again, uh, that uh, treasuries might find some buyers here if, inf uh, if inflation is peaking out? I think you got to see short-term rates get down below, say, 3% or so before okay. that relationship starts to, to, before we start to see that relationship again. But which ones? Because we got the three-month over 4%, we got the two-year oh. higher. When you say short, well, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, I would think the two-year is the one to pay the most attention to because it okay. shows what the market is thinking about where the Fed funds is going to be in a year or two. Big drop today, down to 4.3%. Uh, so the yield curve uh, that had been uh, getting pancaked, uh, to some extent, um, you know, if you look at, well, it depends which one you look at, but because long bonds are rallying so much, you're going to get uh, a, probably a flatter yield curve across most parts here. Uh, does this tool, is it overrated as an economic indicator? Because I would think that inflation is good, for, lower inflation should be good for the economy, but the yield curve gets pancaked today. And then everybody tells me that the yield curve is um, uh, the pure kind of economic read through. Is that the case? Well, I think, yeah, there's, there's a lot of noise out there. I think you stick to the fundamentals, which is um, steeper yield curve means improvement in the economy, inverted yield curve and pretends weaker economy. So, you know, this is flattening a bit. So that's a, a good sign for the economy. Um, uh, but yeah, st stick to the basics on that. There's decades and decades of evidence on that, that those are, um, that those fundamentals still remain true. Okay. Uh, the last point, Derek, when it comes to stock picking, when it comes to bond picking, uh, still an environment that favors uh, active management uh, over a passive, because it's been a pretty good year for those that are outside of the indexes and making uh, discrete choices. Yeah, look, we could have a renaissance in active management now if this continues, if our market environment continues. We've had 10 to 15 years of, of leadership by big growth stocks where, you know, the average person's investment process can simply be by the dip. But um, this year has certainly thrown that process into turmoil. Uh, those You can't just buy those big growth stocks anymore and, and hope to get good returns. You have to be a lot more discriminant. Um, and so I would expect active managers to do much better and that, that their inputs are going to be more valuable to investors. All right. Uh, Derek, thanks for the conversation. Uh, appreciate it. Have a good one. It was a pleasure. Derek Iswell, Chief Investment Officer at Shelton Capital Management.